0: Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. For VO industry news, tips and information, be sure to subscribe using the subscribe button on this site. I'm Gary McFadden, the podcast co-host along with Julie Williams.
1: Okay, today everybody, we're going to be memorializing Brad Venable, a, a voiceover talent who up and coming, uh, about the top of his career or going to the top of his career, and he passed away recently of a heart attack, very young too, um, and they're saying that it, it might have had something to do with COVID. Anyway, we've got three very well-known people who, um, who knew Brad and were good friends with him, and they have got war stories that they can tell. And so we have Pat Fraley with us today. Thanks for being here, Pat.
0: My pleasure.
1: And then um, Cliff Zellman is here and Deb Monroe. Hey. And um, and you guys all have stories to tell about Brad. So we want to know uh, the funny things that happened and the heartwarming things that happened. Like I know, Cliff, you were telling me uh, last week about a, um, a class that you and Pat were teaching in Dallas with Brad. And that some really funny things happened there. Pat and Cliff, tell us about that.
2: We did a... Uh... Seminar uh, a weekend, Pat came down and gangs of fun, and basically, what I remember was I was the director giving out esoteric direction,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, saying things that like, "I want the opening to sound like a, a bucket of bolts being poured across a freshly waxed kitchen floor."
0: See, I love those kind of directions. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, pretty I, so, think it's I think it's clear. We worked a dozen times together because you you think of those things. <laughs> and and
2: Pat was sitting behind the participants saying, okay, what he means is, and <laughs> it was, it was so much fun. And, and But I want to kind of jump a little bit earlier because that particular slice in time came many years down the road. Um, I met Brad in 2006. Okay. That was my first meeting with him. Did any of you guys know him before that? I, I got to you- meet him through you. Oh, okay. All right.
3: Yeah, Julie, I did you know
2: him before, before that time?
1: I, I, I think I met him about oh seven or oh eight. Okay. I really, I, you know, I don't remember when I first met him.
2: I started a voice acting meetup group in Dallas. And the main reason was just to find talent for my agency. And I found out that there were all these people that had a modicum of talent that wanted mm-hmm. to get involved. After the third or fourth meetup that I had, still very new, Brad came in with his wife. It was very cold. He was wearing this giant parka jacket and he had the, the big hood with the big fur around it, you know, and Brad was in there and, and his jacket and Katie was in hers. They introduced themselves. I said, well, you know, come on in, sit down. He was very quiet, came to the next one, came to the one after in this talent. And I'm like, you know, who is this guy? Um, after maybe three or four months for the next four five, six years, Brad was sitting next to me. Uh, you know, co-hosting. And I'd say, okay, you know, Brad, you do this one. I'll do this one. Brad, give him an example. And it was wonderful. But to me, I, I really think the best part of it was taking them home and we would sit in front of the, the apartment and maybe it was meetup was supposed to end at around 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. we would got, we'd get there, maybe one o'clock in the morning because meetups <laughs> always ran long and we would sit till two, three, four in the morning debating but it didn't matter what we debated. I'd say, okay, which position are you gonna take? Right, well, well, I'll take this <laughs> position, you take that one. Okay, go. And, and then always went off you know, in, into all of these things. I think that's really you know, uh, what I miss the most is, is just the sound of us talking in the car at three o'clock in the morning.
1: Mm. Yeah. And Deb, you had him, he was working for you for a little while like when you did the Voice Olympics cruise. Yeah. I remember he wasn't able to make the cruise but that he was your right-hand man.
3: Well, I met Brad, I believe, in 2008, and then uh, him and I hit it off well, but he kept more in touch with me, and then I was newer in the coaching world that time, and so um, he hired me as a coach first, and then he asked if he could volunteer to help me as as an assistant, and that was especially a time which really hasn't changed much where I'm really bad at invoicing and I just wasn't getting paid after like a year. So I'm like, I've got to hire someone. And so Brad volunteered and I was so grateful. And he was also working for another coach in Dallas at the time. And so at that time I was launching this voiceover cruise and he offered to be my assistant on the cruise. And I'm like, good, I'll pay you. Like now I can actually pay you and it won't be volunteer anymore because he was such a great worker. He was such a hard worker. And he didn't just help me with the cruise. I mean, he took over the the magazine. He created, we had such a nice product to leave behind with the talent because he put so much effort into creating like, I mean, it full on looked like a professional magazine. And I didn't even ask that of him. He just started doing it. And what I've learned since is I'm calling him like a, a coach assistant whore. I love it. He got around. I didn't know how much Brad got around and I am so in awe and touched by how many people he has touched and what a mark that he has made and the funny story i have with brad was we put in a lot of work into the cruise at least a year straight just going hard going hard going hard and um so much effort and he had trouble with his passport and it wasn't until 10 days before we left that he said oh yeah deb uh by the way got some trouble with my passport might not be able to come I'm like, "What? No. No, 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 no." Why no.
1: didn't come?
3: It's not going to happen. Come on. Of course I, I was
1: see him and then all of a sudden he wasn't there.
3: And I'm miss positive thinker, so I'm like, "No. It'll happen. He's just thinking. he overthinks. He's such a hard worker. He overthinks." And sure enough, he couldn't make the cruise. So the poor guy put all this work into a, a, a wonderful, a wonderful trip that he wasn't able to participate in. And so mm. that was very deflating for us, but it was also kind of funny <laughs> because it's like, like he's so organized, he's so such a go-getter. And I'm so touched to see again, how much he's touched everybody that just, uh, just so grateful.
1: I remember you putting him on speakerphone so that everybody yeah. who was there Where he couldn't be, was able to say hi to him.
3: Yeah, exactly. Because he helped book a lot of people. He worked with a lot of people. And so everybody was expecting him. And it was funny. My daughters, I told my daughters about it because they both had thought they met him. But one of them did at at a convention. I took my youngest to one time. And so because of that, they both thought they met him. They both thought they knew him forever. So they were very sad. But they never actually met because he couldn't get to the cruise. The girls were on the cruise, and I live in Canada, and then I got banned from the States after that, so that was the end of everything. (laughs) Tell us your stories, Pat.
0: Well, you know, I had Brad, and I met Brad through Cliff, because Cliff always worked with me, I think, on everything I ever did in Dallas, because he has a skill set I don't have. And I met uh, Brad through Cliff, and I had him pegged as an obsessive, from the get go, overthinking, overeating, overboard game playing, over everything. Uh, it, it, I, who I think of is Al Pacino. I was just talking to uh, <laughs> Scott Brick, and I said, Scott, you know, I, I, the, the latter Al Pacino, I'm not fond of too big. Oh yeah, I said, but when you see him in clips. It's like a little uh, tasty uh, morsel and it's perfect. And Brad is that was that way, so I had him pegged that way. And what, and over loving Katie, but what changed my mind about how I pegged him wrongly was his love for Katie mm-hmm. because he, he was a abundant man. I mean, yeah, he was playing board games all night. But then I found out he was playing them with with Katie and then eating, right? Well, he would go on a diet with Katie. Katie did everything with him, you know, and he loved it. Now, um, diets to me are really annoying because they're so restraining. You know, I'm going, really? Are you kidding me? Really? Well, no, they would be talking, taking me to the hotel from the airport, talking about, oh, we love the training. He's like, oh, the hummus. Love the hummus of falafel. The and they loved it. And I'm going, really? No kidding. By the time they finished, I wanted to go. He also was uh, the best meals of any workshop ever. And I mean, I, I, I've worked in with you in BC, in Toronto, New York, Chicago. You know, the land of uh, of deluxe, mediocre in a big way. You get two steaks in case, you know, just in case. (laughs) But the best meals, you remember Cliff? He had that guacamole that was held. The spread,
2: the hummus.
0: Yeah. Everything there didn't, it didn't need to be there. No, no. And he'd actually bring in stuff in the morning. And here I am eating a croissant with warm peanut butter in the morning going, what? Really? I would talk Breakfast to him the night like before. Wonderful after noon, you know?
2: I, w- I would talk to him the night before. He says, "I gotta, go. I gotta. What? I have to make hummus." <laughs> so what are you talking about? I, I gotta make hummus we, tomorrow. We'd we bring bagels, and, and and Katie would lay out the yeah, kind of, kind of like yeah. uh, kind of like animation sessions back in the nineties. We'd yes. walk into Deek or Saban or Disney, and you'd have the whole platter right there.
3: Well, he was very nurturing anymore. and thoughtful, right? He was so he, nurturing and thoughtful. So, just wanted everybody to have a great time. With he you. did.
0: Well, um, he, he loved was. His um, he was not obsessive. He was joyful. He was he so. Was, good. He was an exuberant man about his wife, yeah. about his food, about his clothing, about his okay, about his gear. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But I'll okay. tell you what. He was a. He, he was uh, exuberant, and that, the reason I mentioned Al Pacino about performing. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he was was like a Hong Kong parasol opened up. And uh, I recall that he used to um, watch me teach and watch you teach. And uh, if we had time, we'd take him at the end. And I mean, there were long days. And I remember once, and I'm sure you were there, we were doing what I used to call mixed down meltdown, where we would do the roles and then um, our very good engineer You know, the OCDC guy, cake mix. Yeah. Well, yeah. He would he he, he'd mix in the sound or the sound effects or whatever. And he did a wonderful job. But he'd do it literally on the spot and got to work with Brad Venable that one time. I've worked with him a dozen times and but that was a specific performance. And I was delighted at how man, I mean, most uh, people that work with an instructor are a little timid. On the first couple of takes. He wasn't at all. So the setup on this one-minute clip is it's a comedy sketch. I play my bad Sean Conroy, right? So that's me. And the other person is Brad Venable doing kind of a 007 villain. And uh, when you hear it, you'll you'll hear how much energy and passion he brings to a characterization.
2: Well, Bond We finally come face to face
0: Yes Do you mind if I smoke?
2: Not if you don't mind me using my ballistics detection device to inspect Oh What have we here? A rocket-launching cigarette. Very clever, Bond. My compliments to
0: your people. Thank you, Grimly. Cigarettes kill, you know. And may I congratulate your people on the fountain pen ballistics detection device. Thank you. Let me give you the business card of the gentleman who devised the instrument. Not so fast, Grimly. Business card. That wouldn't be a laser-guided GPS tracking business card, would it? How do you know? I have the same thing. That's no fun. That's not fair, is it? Definitely not. And if I might say boring, I suggest we communicate with our respective people before we continue our escapades. Agreed? Most emphatically. Would you like to use my phone? Do you mean the one with the ten-inch Titanium Projectile Rod which will skewer my head like a cabbage shish Damn! No fun, unfair, and definitely boring. What will they think of next? I'm sure we'll both know soon, eh, Bond? <laughs> <laughs>
3: priceless brilliant
0: well, right Right. just uh, he was he, so he was, uh, first take i had to keep up with him
3: yeah he's 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 grown so much like his growth in the industry for what i saw to where uh, the last time i got to see him was at VO atlanta in 2017 and I got to hear him perform a little bit then, and I hadn't heard him for a while. So it's so impressive to see all that hard work and someone who's so dedicated to everything. And he touched a lot of lives. So look, I just think that the outpour of people in regards to his passing has been almost as overwhelming as when Don, we lost Don Lafontaine. And and what a what a marker! I can't for him. imagine
2: anybody bigger getting getting right? the like, respect
3: what a marker for him to show how yeah. he's touched us all and what he gave us that we were able to give back to him. So we've all been blessed to be a part of him for sure. Uh, Any uh, last comments I got, about Brad?
2: Um, I, I got a, uh, a, a very nice message from our friend, Raul Gorman. And he said, you know, the, the legacy and, and how Brad's being remembered is something we should all aspire Absolutely. to. But one thing, I don't know if you guys knew this or many people here that are watching this. I was at a Fafcon, maybe Fafcon 2015, 16, I don't remember. But our friend George Washington III, we were all sitting around eating dinner. George Washington stands up, starts singing an aria. Everybody's jaw drops. Uh, beautiful. George stands up in the middle. Everybody stops. No more than 10 seconds later, Brad stands up. And they start singing together with no rehearsal, no, any, I didn't even think they knew what was going on, you know, but Brad heard it and said, I can join in on this. You know? <laughs> it was amazing. And, and I was somewhere in the middle. So I'm hearing these two voices and perfect audio engineer stereo. But that was, that was such a great moment. And nobody knew that Brad, he studied opera in, in, in Oklahoma. And it was a, a wonderful thing. I have a spot that I kind of talked him through a little bit with when he auditioned and it's one of these you know that brad was so great at he's narrating as a cobbler is walking through his shop there once was
0: a cobbler a skill known little by few business was booming but no hands to sew shoes no problem for best staff when faced with a challenge they always go farther that you could imagine. And so,
2: yet another happy ending for all. For with Westaff, no job
0: is too big or employee too small.
1: Okay, last, last words, Pat.
0: I miss him. Yeah. I, uh, I, was, I had the great opportunity, either before he was married or early on, to invite him and sit with him in my church. Mm. And um, that was a, a real joy because I don't know if I've done that with many people, but knowing their faith and knowing mine, and I can just say that uh, following my faith, I know where he is and I look yeah. forward to seeing him. Definitely a man of faith.
3: Awesome. And Deb? I just want to say that I, I love this man and I'm so happy to see how much he has left us because... He is someone to marvel after, someone to admire. And I think anyone who's aspiring to be a voice actor should model after him because he was not only dedicated and hardworking, he literally touched all our lives. He didn't just work with us. Like he literally made an impact for all of us. And so it's a big loss to us all. And and I am grateful to be a part of this too.
2: 95% of his growth came from himself
3: really did. He was a great. I
2: I, I mean, I knew he was up till three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning on bulletin boards with Pro Tools and Sennheiser and, (laughs) you know, uh, all, all the brand to learn and read, not asking, not saying, Hey, how do I, he would go in there and do it. And with that kind of drive, you know, that's, that's where you get right where he was. Yep. Yeah.
3: Worthy of recognizing. Yeah.
1: Indeed. well thank you guys for joining us today thank you julie brad venable um we've been talking to pat fraley and Cliff selman and um dev monroe i'm julie williams and um and it's a big loss in the industry uh losing brad venable and, and a shock to everybody um but again like pat said we know where he is, he is. yeah we do so we'll talk to you again next time on the voiceover insider podcast
2: thank you
3: thanks julie